All right. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, let's just lift our hands one more time and thank God today for his love, his mercy, his grace, his goodness. Lord, we magnify you. We lift up your name. Uh, we're not here to lift up the name of even this church. We're here to lift up Jesus Christ. And Father, may our focus today, our hearts and minds be on, on Jesus and, um, and who he is and what he's done for us and who he's made us to be in him. We give you praise and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, if you would, open your Bibles to Hebrews 13. Hebrews 13, we're going to look at verses 5 and 6. We're going to jump around a few scriptures here in Old, New, and Old Covenant. But um want to look at um, a couple of things here. I want to preach today on boldness and spirit of boldness. You know, it just seems like in the in not only in the church world but the world at large that we're being discouraged from being bold. We, we you know, we're we're being told what not to say all the time. There's always somebody potentially offended and uh uh, the, I call it the offended class. Now we have, you know, different groups of folks and we've got the offended class. And it's not that we want to just go around being crude or rude or rough or anything like that. But when it comes to declaring the truth of God's word about our lives and, and what we believe, we need to be bolder, not less bold. Amen. So oftentimes what the church has to do is run counter to culture. Uh, we've, we've been hearing from the, seeker folks that we need to walk in in step with culture you know like like lockstep with whatever culture is doing we need to figure that out that's what the church needs to become that's what christians need to become but uh actually if you look in the word and you look at church history um um the christians believers we run counter to so so often to what um, the world around us is saying. Now, Jesus certainly did that. You know, he he never said, well, now let's be careful. Got the disciples together, all 12 of them, and said, now let's be careful and we make sure we don't want to offend anybody with this uh, message that I've brought. Tell, he, he did, God didn't tell John the Baptist, now soft pedal it because you don't want to mess things up for Jesus. No. <laughs> John the Baptist was bold to the extent that it, cost him, you know, don't lose your head, but he did. And, uh, and then, uh, Jesus, you know, he was pretty, pretty tough, pretty, uh, blunt when he said, no man comes to the father, but by me, I don't know about you. I think that's pretty bold to say. And, uh, other things that he said that, uh, would get folks so riled up. They want to in Nazareth. He wanted to throw, you know, the group wanted to throw him over the brow of the cliff. I think that's called murder, pretty sure. <laughs> and the group got so upset at something he said. It's like he could stand there and say, was it something I said, you know? It, it was something you said. And we're going to throw you over the cliff. And he managed, the Bible says, supernaturally to pass between them, they didn't even know where he went. I'm sure they sent out a search party to try to find him because we're going to throw somebody over the cliff today. Uh, I, I used to laugh about living in the city of Tulsa, you know, which is uh, a strong Christian city, a lot of ministries and folks being sent out from there. And we used to say, uh, they said, well, that's Jerusalem, Tulsa's Jerusalem. I said, no, it's not. It's Nazareth. Praise God. <laughs> you, you can get yourself thrown over the brow of the cliff for speaking the truth. <laughs> That's a, just a joke. Sorry. If that offends you, good. You're in the right place today. Amen. Um, so if you're going to preach on the subject of boldness, you need to be bold to preach it, don't you? Don't soft pedal boldness message. That would be counterproductive. But we're going to see here that we're encouraged in the word to be bold. And you know, if, if there's a truth of anything, natural or spiritual, 
if it, if it helps you and helps people and is, and is real, and no matter what is said against it or, ra- or, or railed against it or rallied against it, it doesn't change it. It's still the truth. Amen. Whether anybody likes it or not, it's still the truth. Whether it's popular or not, it's still the truth. Whether it's, uh, squ- even if it's squelched in some way, um, it's still the truth. It's still something to be declared and to be believed in. Amen. And so what I want to encourage you today, this is kind of a pep rally service, okay? I want to encourage you to be bold with what you know in God's Word. And don't back off from it. So in other words, if you know something about righteousness and salvation, you need to declare that boldly. If you know something about divine healing, you need to declare that boldly. Amen. Don't back off of it. Well, Sister Ledbetter, she's Ledbetter and everybody else. Sister Ledbetter didn't get her healing. Where does that leave me? Well, it has nothing to do with you. Your relationship with God is personal. It's individual. It's not, it's not a group policy. Amen. It's an individual policy. And so what somebody else got or didn't get has nothing to do with you. Well, I know people, they were claiming prosperity, and the next thing you knew, they lost everything they had. What does that have to do with you? Nothing. See, so it's a personal faith. It's a personal Savior. It's a personal healer. He's a personal healer. We have a personal relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so you just worry about yourself. Other people that you see, they think they're not doing right or going the right way, just pray for them. Amen. Just say, Lord, help them. Well, a good prayer or the prayers in Ephesians, that the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened. And you're not the enlightener. That would be the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Sometimes we want to help him do his job. I'm praying for you to be enlightened and let me start you out <laughs> with enlightening you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well. Thank God we don't have to be the Holy Spirit. We don't have to be everybody's provider. Some people try to get on that boat, you know, and they want to be the provider. And you'll find pretty quick your resources might run out <laughs> pretty <laughs> sooner than later if you try to be the provider. Anybody ever tried to be the provider? It's not. It's just it doesn't work. And just trust God. Amen. Pray for people. You do what the Lord lays on your heart to do. But you're not the healer. You're not the provider. It's not your responsibility. You pray for the sick. Somebody said, well, I prayed for the sick and they died. Well, pray for the next person. I mean, just keep going. It doesn't change the truth. Well, I'm never praying for the sick again because everybody I pray for doesn't make it. Well, you know, it's just the wrong approach. Let, Let me tell you, we do the word because the word is true. We pray because prayer is real. And so, you know, it has nothing to do with you. We're the least of it. Somebody said one time, God does more in spite of us than because of us. I think that's true. We just get in the way often. But um, when it comes to your life, your relationship with God, your peace, your favor, your victory, am I making sense, your healing, your finances at your house and in your business, that's up to you to take authority and be bold about it. And don't back off. And, the, you know, the circumstances make us want to cower and pull back. That That's not the time to do it. That's the time to move forward. Like David with Goliath. When that, when that monster, giant, started running towards David, he didn't run and go in and, you know, ask for... A negotiation table. He he ran towards him is the point. Amen. And I'm telling you, he not only ran with his weapons in hand, his five stones and his slingshot, he not only ran with his weapons in hand, but he ran with his mouth open, speaking what was going to happen. As he ran towards that giant, he was saying, this day I'm going to cut your head off. This day, I'm going to feed your carcass to the fowls of the air and the beasts of the field. Amen. And he declared, and that's what I want you to do. Amen. 
as believers, and you encourage me to do too, amen, is to be bold and speak the word of God with boldness and run towards your giants. Don't run away from them, run towards them. And as you're running, declare who the winner is, amen, and tell the giants that uh, just a little tidbit, say, you know, giant, here's the tidbit. Here's a little piece of information. It's fixed. The fight is fixed. Amen. It's fixed in our favor. All right. Did you find Hebrews 13 yet? If you haven't by now, just get in the prayer line. You need help. You've had time. All right. Hebrews 13, 5. Let your conversation, or another way to put that would be lifestyle, be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he hath said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Amen. You don't have to be jealous and covetousness and covet, uh, and covet what other people have. Be covetous is what I'm trying to say. You don't have to be like that because the Lord hasn't left or forsaken you. Amen. You don't have to be jealous of other people's success or their prosperity or what the Lord's doing for them and go, well, look at that. Well, you need to just get on a different, change the channel (laughs) in your attitude and your heart. Amen. And say, well, praise God. You know, God bless them. The Lord's done great things for them. And hallelujah, he's doing great things for me too because he's not left me nor forsaken me. Amen. So that way you can be glad for other people, happy for what the Lord's done for them. You don't have to be mad about it and try to tear them down, thinking that's going to lift you up. It's not. It doesn't work like that. Amen. Thank God he said, I will never leave you or forsake you. So that we may timidly say under our breath with a pillow over our head, what are we gonna, what, what can we say? It's, it's because he'll never leave us or forsake us. We're not covetous. We can boldly say this. Now, the Lord is my helper. And I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Isn't that a beautiful, uh, confession? Notice he didn't say that we would pray that. I, you know, thank God for prayer. We need to have prayer meetings and prayer teams and prayer conferences and deeper thoughts on prayer. Amen. Everything. Revelation. How many love a good prayer meeting? And, you know, we have good prayer meetings here every Sunday morning at 930. We have pre-service prayer and it's always good. It's not necessarily long. We don't, sometimes we don't even use up the whole half hour. Sometimes we use half of it, but it's powerful. Amen. And strong. And that's, You want to be effective in prayer, not just laborious. I've been in the laborious prayers, and you keep looking at your watch and checking your phone and thinking, I'm trapped. I I wish I wouldn't have come in this room. (laughs) I've been been in that prayer meeting before where you want to crawl out, fall on the floor, and then crawl out and get out, and maybe no one notices. Um. So, again, it says that we may boldly say, I like this uh, amplified, we take comfort and t- take comfort. How many need comfort today? Some peace. Wow, the world's a mess, isn't it? Take comfort and, occur- and encouraged and confidently. Notice again, it says say. This is not a prayer. This is a confession. Isn't that beautiful? So we need to understand everything we can understand about prayer and the power of prayer and the different kinds of prayer. But at the same time, we need to understand everything there is about confession and declaring and decreeing and proclaiming. Hallelujah. Because there's power in that. Some of the things that we're, some of the things that we're trying to confess into uh, being we need to pray about. And then other things that we're praying about, we need to confess. Instead, and just declare the Lord's already done it. Everything that's been done by redemption is a done deal. 
That's why we have that big sign there in the foyer. It says to Telestai. Probably people wonder what on earth does that mean? Sounds like a looks like a train train stop sign from you know an African village or something. You know, maybe that's somewhere the pastor went and brought the train sign back. <laughs> you know, in the Transvale of Africa. But no, it's a Greek word. It means finished. It's all done. Praise the Lord. And it's, it's, and it won't be any more finished than it is right now. And it never can be more finished. It's as finished as it can be to Telestai. Praise God. So everything that's finished and done, uh, really serves us better to just praise that and confess that. Amen. And, 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 and declare it and make, get you some three by five cards or something. They still make those, I guess, uh, little file cards. You get those and write some scriptures out on that. And on the backside, make a bright a confession. I'm still a little old school with that. But you can carry those three or four. You don't need a whole pack of, a package of them. About three a day or whatever, like taking your vitamins. You don't take the whole bottle. If you do, we'll see you at the ER. But um, you, just, you just take maybe, uh, what, just a couple of things. You just take... Take one, take one scripture card for that day, and that day, meditate on that. And on the back side, when you can, to flip it around and confess that. Amen. Sorry, old school word of faith here, but this is, I'm telling you, it works. And so say, con- see, encourage confidently, or, or as the King James says, boldly. Be bold about it, not timid, not shy. Raise your voice a little bit. Some people don't, you know, they're sort of t- timid with their voice. Raise it up. I've never had that problem. Everything I say carries through the whole property. But uh, you can hear me talking. But um, boldly, you know, sometimes you have to pick it up a little notch. Amen? And boldly declare it. Uh, and not so, it's not so much important what you do in front of other people. Is what you do in your private time with God. Amen. Boldly declare. Boldly say. Confidently. Like you believe it. <laughs> Amen. The Lord is my helper. And in time of need, I will not be afraid. What can, will man or can man do to me? Amen. That's a, that's a start right there for the spirit of boldness. People say, you know, I've been in the, Lines and there's some good for this, I suppose. But I've been in the services where they're going to lay hands on everybody to be bold, and it's like, okay, that's a start. Amen. You could declare that on that night you got a bold spirit about you, but really, it's not like an external spirit, like an entity. Amen. It is all the Holy Spirit. There's not like 19 Holy Spirits, and you pick one. No, there's only one, one God, one Father, one Holy Spirit, amen, the Holy Spirit. There's not a bunch of them. There's one, and he is, uh, he's, he's all, he's your all in all with it, amen. So, okay, get, you can have hands, it's like, you can have hands laid on you for the spirit of joy, for boldness. You ever been in the meetings where they had all that going? And it's okay, I'm not knocking it. I'm just t- saying it's a start only. Because if you go back home after being in the Spirit of Boldness conference and the Spirit of Boldness anointed oil got put on you, and you go home and you don't do this, you're not getting very far. You have to put a little action with it. Amen. You have to do something. That's not anti-grace, by the way, because you do something. That's, don't even get me started. That's ridiculous. Uh God's grace gives us the ability to do these things. Amen. And do it in faith. You getting anything out of this? Like Brother Hagin said, I'd rather be here. Than, how many would rather be here in the best insane asylum in the state? I suppose that could offend somebody now these days. Everybody's offended about something. Turn to Ephesians. That's a good book, isn't it? Uh, it's it's really almost my favorite, but then I think of other ones, and then I end up with the whole Bible again. Ephesians 6, uh, 19. Now, if you look at verse 18, this is 
This is at the end of Paul describing our spiritual armor and putting it on. Amen. And uh, you'll notice what the spirit, what what the um, in verse seventeen. There's an interesting. Um, there's an interesting uh, marking there, punctuation of of uh, a colon. You'll notice it says, take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and there's a colon. So you can't ignore the colon because it means it's setting it up. All this armor is for a purpose. The colon means there's a purpose that's about to be stated. So you have to you have to... To look at it with a little bit of high school grammar, English, amen, understand the purpose. Because otherwise you just quote these scriptures and run over it without connecting the dots. But you'll notice the word of God and then there's a colon. And uh, which which is now going to declare the purpose. And the purpose is prayer. So many times people think that the armor is... Is I don't know what they think to, to march on Washington and declare the rights of Christianity or something. Uh, that's fine if you want to do that. Praise the Lord. I'll meet you with the car up at the thing because it's air conditioning. But um, you, uh, this is not just this is not just for anything. It's it's specifically or most of our warfare is done on our knees. Most of our warfare, so to speak, in other words, figuratively speaking, most of our warfare is done on our knees. It's while we're praying. Amen. And we pray and we enter the battlefield in prayer. And, 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 you know, you, you might be, you might be a person that's, that's dealing with some sort of disability or a weakness or you're, you're, you're just because of aging or whatever, you're just not as strong as you were. But you can be a giant in prayer. In the spirit realm, you can be a real lethal threat to the enemy. Who's the enemy? Well, it's the Democrats. No. See, don't go there. <laughs> the enemy, the Bible tells us clearly, we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but with powers and principalities of the air. Amen. The A political party is not your problem. A, a, a nasty form of government is not your problem. Your next-door neighbor that's hateful, that's not your problem. Your problem's in the spirit realm. There's the challenge. Amen? And so you can get on your knees, so to speak. You don't have to literally get on your knees, but the posture of prayer in your heart, and you can do some warfare. I'm telling you. Amen? And you don't have to sing warfare songs for an hour and 45 minutes and, you know, launch a launch a, some kind of, um, you know, streamer or something across the room to to win it. If, you, if you're into streamers, God, good. Wear a boa next week. I don't care. But the point is, um, it's what's done in the spirit, not in the flesh. Amen? So he's saying that all this armor is for, with the colon in verse 17, is for prayer. Verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Notice this, verse 19, because we're talking about boldness today. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly. See, that I may open my mouth diplomatically. Is that what it says? Or carefully. Got to be careful. No, boldly. To make known the mystery of the gospel. Now, here's the other part that's interesting. For which I am, in other words, my boldness of making known the mystery of the gospel has caused me to be arrested and put in jail. Because he says, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. In other words, the very thing that's got him locked up in a Roman prison 
is what he's praying to be bolder in. Wow. I don't think there's hardly any leadership alive right now that's, that, I mean, maybe there are, but it's a very rare leadership alive who would, would pray that prayer. And the church is a little mean because, you know, uh, you, you, something, if, if some preacher got, uh, in trouble just for being bold, they would say, well, he's not using wisdom. That's the spirit of the Lord. And, uh, you know, with God's will, it wouldn't have happened. And I mean, all, all this stuff that people say, uh, poor Paul, I don't know if he'd have had any followers if he was around now. They would, they certainly wouldn't give him any credentials to preach. But, uh, the very thing that got him arrested is what he's talking about. So who knows what the future holds for the United States, but I'll tell you one thing, even if our government gets real nasty and want to control what's being preached and said and stated and declared, amen, I say bring it on, praise the Lord. We're going to preach the gospel anyway. Who cares? But uh, if you can't proclaim the truth of God's word, um, what's the purpose of the church? Amen. Might as well turn it into a steakhouse or something. Is anybody with me on this or am I like, you know, crucify him? Uh, so, so here's Paul praying for boldness and praying to, you go, you know, are you sure you want prayer for boldness, brother? Because this is why you're writing this letter from prison. <laughs> Maybe you should pray for something else. No, I want boldness. Amen. All right, let's keep reading here. See if we find anything that helps somebody. Acts 4. I'm just real practical about the things of God. Amen. And I think the more practical you can be, the more you'll get out of it. If you try to be fruity tooty and weird and fly around the room. I had one lady tell me one time at a conference that the Lord showed her she was going to climb up the wall and across the ceiling and down the other side. And I said, kind of like Jeff Goldblum in the movie The Fly, right? That's what I said. Well, how many remember The Fly, the movie The Fly? You know, and they, they, it was a remake from something they'd done in the 50s, I think, The Fly, you know. And I thought, yeah, kind of like The Fly. So another preacher was standing there, and he said, well, sister, you want to be careful with that. There's a lot of television equipment up there. This is in a in a place that had TV lights and everything. There's a lot of equipment and stuff up there. You don't want to get tangled up in that. Well, she realized she had the wrong group and kind of moved on, you know. So I'm not talking about climbing up the wall and on the other side. I'm talking about <laughs> like normal living, amen, but abundant li- normal abundant life, not what the world would call normal. But what the word calls the life of abundance. Preach, pastor. Let us have it. We can take it. Okay, uh, we got another fight the government thing here in Acts 4. (laughs) Verse 29. I'm going to have fun in church or I ain't coming. So there. Yeah, if you tell me I have to be sourpuss about it, then I'm you just have it by yourself. <laughs> Acts 4.29. Now, you know, this is where, you know, the disciples have been ar- arrested and threatened and told not to preach anymore. So now they're going to pray about that, about that threat. These are not idle threats. I mean, these people get, you know, in this day, they're getting arrested, they're getting beat, they're getting sent off to Rome to star for one appearance only, 
in the Circus Maximus uh, get eaten by alligators show and stuff like that. I mean, and fed to lions. I mean, this was like serious business. This, they weren't kidding around. And they had already, they already had known that uh, some of their uh, cohorts had been arrested and, and, and treated in this way. So this isn't like just, this isn't like you turn on CNN and they, and some senator said something rude about Christians. This is like real serious persecution. These people are living through this. Amen. And, uh, so when they, when they begin, they begin to, they begin to, to, uh, to, to talk about that and what, and they're going to pray and they're, they're talking about what has happened to them. Notice in verse 29, they, they, they turn to the threat. Now some of, some of you might be having a threat this week. You might have something threatening. Anybody ever dealt with a threat, something threatening, something going wrong? So here's what to do with a threat. I got a whole message on this called how to answer a threat. <laughs> so here's the, here's the heartbeat of that. Now, Lord, behold their threatenings. This is the threat. And grant unto thy servants that we may negotiate something that's peaceable and I'll compromise whatever I need to. Is that what it says? No, grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. Now notice again, it's the boldness that got them arrested to start with. And yet they're still pressing in. What you need to do is when you're, when you're in prayer especially, and in faith and declaring and decreeing like we've been encouraged to do today is that every time that the, that the situation rails up at you and roars at you, you need to use that as inspiration to get bolder, not back off. Amen? It's kind of like being in a boxing match. Boxing uh, the arena, you know, on the mat. If your opponent throws a hook at you, you don't back down. You press in. Amen. This is fight to the end, right? Till somebody passes out and can't get off the mat. So this is how we're going to do it. Except the thing is, is that we're already declared the winners. Behold their threatenings. Lord, look at what there's being said. Look at what the doctor said. Look at what the attorney said. Look at what the judge said. Look at what whoever said whatever. Look at it. Look at the threat. Look at what, you know, Aunt Myrtle has said. Whoever, whatever the situation. Look at the situation. Look at what circumstances and others are saying. Behold the threat. Look at the threat. And now, in face of it, grant unto thy servants. How many here consider yourself a servant of God, doing God's will, that with all boldness they may speak thy word? Speak what? How worried you are about it? How afraid you are of it? No, the Word. That might require opening the Bible. Imagine. And uh, finding some scriptures that apply to your case and, uh, and speaking that and declaring it. I'm sorry this isn't very deep. Some people are so deep now they've got one nostril up, you know, barely surviving. What's going to happen when we speak the word and declare it boldly? They're declaring it here in verse 30. By stretching forth thine hand to heal. 
and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. What happened? When they prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake the word of God with boldness. Amen. So there's a way to speak the word of God and it just be kind of, you can be like, you know, just dead letter of the law. Oh, I'm opening the Holy Bible, the religious book, take the doily off the, the, the coffee table and, you know, get the glass cover dome off and, and, uh, you know, put on latex gloves so that you don't soil the Holy Word. Some people are out, are like that. I mean, they treat the Bible like it's, like it's some kind of a delicate thing. It's not delicate. It's a sword. It's a sword. It's, 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 it's strong. It's powerful. Amen. And you need to treat it, uh, with respect, but at the same, just like you would respect a weapon. But you need to treat it with respect, but at the same time, use it for God's sakes. Don't just revere it and be weird about it. Use it. Like Brother Hagin used to say, if your Bible's too good to mark in, We'll put it on the doily on the coffee table and get you one that you can mark in. Go to go buy a used one that's beat up a little. If that bothers you. Somebody said that people with the most beat up Bibles have the least beat up lives. <laughs> and sometimes the other way around, isn't it true? <laughs> oh, that went over big. All right. No, everybody's hiding their Bible. If they got a new Bible, they're hiding it. I don't, I don't want you to see. All right. Deuteronomy 31. I hope you're getting something out of this today. It was like worth the trouble to get up and come. It'll help you. I'm telling you. Let me tell you something about the devil. You want to know something? We talk about God all the time. Let's tell you something about the devil. The only thing he responds to is strength. He does not respond to weakness. He has no mercy. He's psychopathic. He has no empathy for what you're going through. He wants you to suffer. He's the cause of it. And so to, to, we, we, where it comes to, we want to be tender before the Lord in our hearts. But in front of the devil, you don't want to be tender. You want to be brutish. And you want to be uh, strong and bold and say, I'm not messing with any of your nonsense. My mother, one time, there was this this man in New York City, uh, quite wealthy, and he didn't know anything about the things of God. And, and uh, so he became a believer and he was on the phone with my mother and he was talking about some things coming against his mind and his body and all that. And my mother said, well, you just need to curse the devil. So that's, she left it like that. Well, he's a New Yorker. You know, when you say curse something, they know how to do it. Like they make a sailor blush. And so, uh, he called me a few days later and he said, uh, your mother told me to curse the devil and I thought I would tell you how that's going. I've been doing it since she told me. And I said, what? And he says, well, he's, uh, and then he used a few choice names, you know, one was SOB, only it wasn't, it was, you know, he didn't say SOB. And then some other words that were not good. That we don't use generally. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Wouldn't be considered holy speech. <laughs> he cussed that devil out, man. <laughs> he said, how am I doing? I said, well, pretty good. I said, actually, that's all true, but maybe I don't think Sister Jerry Horton, Pentecostal mama, <laughs> had that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> but I kind of liked it. I thought, well, he is all those things that he said. <laughs> Hallelujah. So at least he was on the right path. Amen. If you're going to talk to the devil, don't cut him any slack. 
He deserves none. He's a freak show. Escaped. You understand? It says here, final, our final verse for today. Be strong. And of a good courage. Woo! That's encouraging. Be strong and of a good courage. Fear not. Nor be afraid of them. I'm telling you, if you're afraid of something that's coming at you, you need to get over it. Get over the fear. Get in the word. How do you do that? The, the, the book of love. Love, perfect love. Cast out all fear. Amen. Get in the word. What does the Bible say? And say all this out loud at your house. Don't just think it. Say it. What does the Bible say? So if you if you if you uh, have a, another family member that that lives in your home at the breakfast table at at lunchtime, say, "Do you know what the Word of God says about our finances? Do you know what the Word of God says about our our children, or our favor, our healing, whatever it is." that you're dealing with, that as just like the pastor is preaching, that's you got to preach, re-preach it in your house. It's not just come to church and go, yeah, it was nice. You, you need to go home <laughs> with it and re-preach it to the air molecules that you breathe in. You say... The pastor said today, but more importantly, the Word of God says today that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. The devil will say, you are not even saved. You, that dirty thought you had, that thing you said, you repeated what the pastor said, cussing out the devil. (laughs) Whatever it is, amen, you say, praise God, you know, you need to declare that and say, this is what I'm saying about my house. People love to put those little plaques on the outside of their door. That's for me and my house. We will serve the Lord. That's cute and fine, but you need to actually do it then. Don't just put the plaque out there. You need to go inside the house and serve the Lord. And one of the ways to serve the Lord with gladness is to Declare the word. Somebody says, well, what if I'm still in fear? Well, then you really need to declare the word even more. And you need to, and well, my voice is shaking. Well, say it enough and you'll get over it. Get a box of Kleenex and blow your nose, wipe your eyes and go on. Come on. It's time we put on our big boy pants and big girl pants and whatever, amen, and get out there and and, and be strong in the Lord. Be strong. Be of good courage. Woo! Careful, I'm going to go Pentecostal on you. Why? Don't be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God. Woo! That's enough said right there. Sounds like we've got some help. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee. And furthermore, he will not fail thee nor forsake thee. That's our word for today. Amen. That's our word. That's our rhema word for the, for the day. Be strong and of good courage. Fear not. God's with us. He will not fail us. He will not let us sink. He will not let us fail. And He will not forsake us. And He has not forsaken us. I just feel like I'm just God forsaken. Well, stop going by how you feel because your feeling is lying to you. There used to be people that would leave Word of Faith churches back in the 70s and 80s and they would say, I'm not going back there. The way they preach, they just don't care. There's a church that don't care. And it's like, I finally one day said, you know what? You got that right. I don't care. I don't care. (laughs) Not that we don't care about people, but I don't care what the devil said to you. And see, folks want you to care about that. 
1962. And then and here they go, you know. And then it's it's like, okay, I know that's bad, bad report, awful things. But you know what? What are we going to do now? Right? It's like going to a doctor. Maybe you, you know, you go to, you got some pro- big problem. You go to the doctor and you tell him your history and, you know, they look it all up and they plug it into the computer and all the forms you fill out and they, and they come back and they say, well, this is what's, what the story is. And they just don't sit there for three hours and hold your hand while you blubber about, you know, all the stuff you've been through. They say, okay, I know, yeah, that's bad, but we've got this medicine, and we've got this procedure, and we're going to get on track here, and we're going to go forward with this thing, and we're going to fight it. Amen. And so that's the way we have to be with, with, with life and the things of God. We have to say, that was then, this is now. We're going to go forward in Jesus' name. Moses has got his... Rod, he should have had a reel. He could have caught some fish that day. But he only brought his rod. And he's got his rod out there, and he's at the Red Sea, and Pharaoh's army behind him, and choose you this day how you will die, because <laughs> you're either going to all drown. Three million people, they're going to either all drown or they're going to be devoured by this army. You know, one way or the other, it's, there's just no way out of it. Here they're stuck. And Moses has got his rod. And God says, like I've always said about miracles, it's always something simple that you think it almost insults your intelligence when the Lord tells you how to solve it. Because it's always something you already have. In your hand, and it's always something easy to do, and it insults us. Because we think, oh, I got a big problem, I gotta do a big thing. And, and God says, Moses, hold your rod over, <laughs> over the water. It's like, well, won't the people see me doing that? I mean, isn't that a little strange looking? Uh, Moses, we have a major problem, we're all gonna drown. And in the meantime, he's out here with his cane pole, you know, fishing. Great. Recreational sports on the day of the death of the whole people. And he, he, uh, the annihilation of the Jewish race. And here's the leader with a fishing rod. And he's got his, his pole, which represented his, his leadership, his rod of authority. And he's got that rod and he's, and he does it. He just does it. Doesn't care how stupid it looks. It must have felt kind of dumb. We got a major problem. What a, where's the boat? Where's the ferry boat to get these people over there? This that it ain't one. It ain't coming. It sunk. It ain't going. It, nah, uh, uh, nah, no, uh, nothing. We got this rod, and that's it. That's all we got is a rod. Well, God will use that. Whatever you got, he'll use it. You already got the miracle seed in your house. And he takes that rod, or in your hand, and he takes that and holds it out in the water parts, and they go across to dry land. Amen? It takes boldness to do what God tells you to do. It takes boldness just to, just to declare the word. But instead of, well, maybe if we negotiate with Pharaoh, if he takes us back as slaves, it won't be so bad this time. I've heard they've had a, you know, their government reformed it or something. Come on! He says, no, we're going to go across on dry land. We're going to go to the promised land. He boldly declared it. Amen. And, 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 uh, I'll tell you what, when, when the heat's on, when the heat's on, when the, when the army's behind you and the ocean's in front of you, that ain't, that's not a time to freak out. That's a time to hear from God and say, I know the Lord, like we used to sing an old song. I know the Lord will make a way for me. And he has not left me nor forsaken me. And the scripture after scripture talks about us not being God forsaken. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, I just wish, I just wish that, I just wish more people cared. Listen, it doesn't matter if they care or not. It doesn't change anything. What matters is the word of God. And there's nothing better that I could do for anybody as a pastor than to declare the word to you. 
And I'll, you know, I'll, I'll weep. You know that. We weep with those that weep and we rejoice with those that rejoice. But I'll tell you what, at the end of the day, we're going to get this word of God out and we're going to declare it and we're going to get in faith and we're going to get in authority and move some mountains. Amen. Does that help anybody today? Just lift your hands and praise him and thank him. I'm going to pray a prayer here in a, in a moment. Praise God. Thank you, Father. We praise you. We thank you for the truth. We thank you for the word. We thank you for the spirit of boldness on these people, on this church. In Jesus' name. Um, you know, if, if you're watching by Internet or you're here in the building today and you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, I'm going to give you an opportunity to make him your Lord and your Savior. In fact, you can just bow your head, you know, right there where you are or if you're watching and just say, Father God, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe he died on the cross for me, shed his blood for me, and I receive him today as my personal Lord and Savior. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Make me a new creature in Christ. Give me the righteousness of God in Christ. And I believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, and I believe everything the Bible says about Jesus. I will follow him the rest of my life. You pray that prayer. Put that in your heart. Amen. And uh, if you're watching by Internet, write us and tell us that you've received Christ. I want to also pray right now for healing. If you need healing in your body, just put your hand wherever you're suffering, wherever you have a need. And, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your healing touch today. I command blind eyes to open, deaf ears to unstop, lame legs to walk, cancers and tumors and growths and uh, things in the body that aren't supposed to be there to dry up and wither and, and fall away. I thank you, Lord, for your healing touch right now in Jesus' name. I thank you for your healing power. We give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. Those that have physical needs, uh, financial, material needs, uh, Lord, I thank you that you show yourself strong to them today and this week and meet their needs. In Jesus' name. Lord, we give you all the glory. Let's lift lift our hands. All the praise and all the honor. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. All right. You may be dismissed. God bless you. Hope you got something out of that today. And uh, we love you. God loves you.